Hello, everybody. Um, welcome back to Liza's Lab. This is the second episode, and today we're going to be discussing ritual dances. Um, so ritual dances are kind of the first type of dance that goes beyond everyday actions. Um, so ritual dances can be inspired by a lot of things, and it's kind of one of the oldest forms of dance. Um, so it originally was kind of found or we believe, I guess, that it goes back to um, these paintings in France that were dated back to 2700 BC. And so it's kind of one of the original forms of dance that kind of has gotten us to where we are today. Um, so what do you think of when you first think of ritual dances? I honestly think of um, healing rituals. And so, but there's a lot of different things that ritual dances can be inspired by. Um, specifically, like a lot of... Um, Ritual dances can be inspired by nature. There's um, use of the elements, such as like the rain dance, and that can go on for weeks, months, until it goes on, until it actually rains. Um, it can be inspired by like seasons. For example, um, like harvesting season, there are a lot of different ritual dances that um, are supposed to help with a good harvest, so it's supposed to celebrate a good harvest, um, and things that, like that. Um, they can also be inspired by life events. There's usually a lot of like birth rituals, which just kind of reminds me of like modern day rituals that we have that aren't necessarily dance inspired. Um, so like we all have like baby showers um, and things like that that are kind of rituals in their own way, but it kind of dates back to ritual dances to a sense. Um, there are also ritual dances that go based around like funerals and death. And so that once again, kind of connects to our modern day definition of funerals. Um, and you know, different cultures have different practices, but there's always like a burial ceremony. There's a different ways of grieving and all of that can kind of be connected back to how our body grieves, but also the spiritual sense of, um, ritual dances as well. There's also usually a celebration that um, goes along with marriage or partnership, um, which we still see. I don't think the Cupid Shuffle would count as a ritual dance, but there are still similarities um, between um, original ritual dances and things we do today. There's also a lot of historical significance to ritual dances. They can be a form of oral history. So, um, They'll dance about events that have happened. They'll dance about wars. We'll talk a little bit later about um, how it involves slavery, how they can reenact violence, and how it's a teaching method. Um, so we had two readings this week. I'll put the citations in the comments below. Um, but the first reading, if I say this name wrong, I apologize, uh, is by Fernay Yangyeti Kalker. Um, and the reading is called African Dance, Divine Motion. It's chapter three. Uh, and it kind of talks about the qualities present in ritual dances. So a lot of ritual dances are meant to um, connect with ancestors, gods, or uh, as a form of communication, really. Um, and so they talk about the importance of repetition in ritual dances. Um, so the use of repetition can kind of be... Um, talked about in the form of a ladder. This is the a metaphor used in the reading that every time you repeat a step, you're kind of climbing up the rung of a ladder to get into this place where you surrender to the movement and actually reach a higher place of spirituality. Um, and though, even though each rung of the ladder looks similar, um, each time you do a certain movement, it's different and unique to the body and it puts your mind in a different place. Um, and I think that's really beautiful. It's something, um, the repetition we do when we're studying dance as an art form 
is different, but there's so much power in repetition and ritual dances is a great example of that. Um, it really focuses on the spiritual, but it is a great way to connect with the body and the mind. Um, this chapter also talked about the idea of surrendering to movement. Um, the movements aren't always specific or they're not very placed. It's very improvisational and kind of, it's a release. Um, so going along with that, their movements are very simple, so they're accessible. Um, people participate in ritual dances from as young as they can to as old as they can. It needs to be accessible for all ages um, and for all people. Um, songs and chants are also very important to the um, presence of ritual dances. Lots of times there are drums that go along with specifically the African dance chapter that we read. Um, the songs and the chants give, can contextualize the movement, um, can be another way of reaching um, ancestors or gods, whoever you are trying to communicate with. Um, going along with that, we watched a video um, well, we actually did some personal research uh, where we each got a tribe and with that tribe we learned a little bit about one of their dances so we learned about this tribe in tanzania um that does this dance called bugabogaboo um and it's kind of a dance about like harvest and it can be a competition or it can be a celebration of harvest essentially about like a a working um a working ritual dance and so in it, there are actually live snakes that can be used. Um, personally, I'm not fond of snakes. So watching that was actually kind of insane. Um, but it's really interesting because it shows the power of the chants and the drumming. So the drumming is meant to um, essentially not hypnotize, but discombobulate the snake to a point where you can dance with it. Um, and so it becomes not necessarily a prop, but almost a partner. Um, and it's a way of like celebration and it's exciting and it completely changes the dynamic. It really draws me in as a person who has never seen anyone dance with the snake that boldly. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting ritual to watch. Um, and the purpose is really harvest or it can also be connected to uh, a competition as well. Um, it was very interesting. I'd highly recommend it. It's uh, Bugabogabo is how you say it, I believe. Um, but it is an oral history that has been passed down and it's been um, kept main, very much the same, despite it being a relatively old ritual dance, which is kind of also very impressive. Um, a very impressive fact about ritual dances is even though they're just passed down orally without a whole lot of um, like codified techniques, it stays the same because it's such a large group participation. There's this huge community and they're always doing it all together that it has maintained this true sense to the roots. And it hasn't, not that it hasn't evolved, it has evolved, but it's been, it's been, it's a protected part of history for that group of people, which is very powerful. The second reading we read, um, I apologize if I say this name wrong, um, Ola Tunji Ojo. Uh, and this reading was called Performing Drama, the Ghosts of Slavery in Yoruba Music and Ritual Dance. Um, and this really kind of explains what ritual dances look like specifically in Yoruba festivals. So this reading kind of gave us a lot of historical context, which was really nice to have, because in order to really immerse yourself in ritual dances, you need to know about the culture, about the timing, uh, the place, the people, as much as you can. Because it's not just the movement, it's the history behind it. Um, and so it talks about 
the amount of wars, the slavery that was going on um, in this uh, place in Africa. And so this was kind of a way of teaching history for them. Uh, and so they addressed the many, um, they addressed slavery, they addressed wars, they addressed violence. Um, and all of these younger generations are participating in these ritual dances, despite them not knowing the actual, like, not being there. They didn't experience it for themselves, but they're participating in these ritual dances as a way of remembering history and working through what they have felt. Um, because it's hard, a lot of people, the article said, a lot of people think that African Americans or just Africans in general who have been enslaved don't want to talk about it. It's like something that's almost ignored, but ritual dances disprove that because it's a way for them to work through what they're feeling, to actually share and heal and continue to share the truth with the next generation. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a really a way of passing down history and teaching. Um, there's one specific dance that stuck out to me where um, at a festival, they'll actually like, as an example, um, part of their history is like the kidnapping of slaves. And so they'll actually like take children and pretend like they're kidnapping them. And it's like so powerful that it's that um, crowd involved almost. And it's just, it's very interactive in a sense that it's more than just a performance. It's not a performance, it's an experience. And it's a way of teaching lessons in such a hands-on way. Um, and the only thing I could think to compare it to, which I don't think it's that similar, but it's a connection that I made, was in high school, you always do like the cra car crash simulation. And it almost feels as real as that, is that like you see your friend that is, they've totaled a car in that whole situation, seeing that and all like the acting and the um, makeup that's put into that um, is almost not on a similar level, but it's, I feel like it would create a similar feeling. Um, I haven't personally experienced this ritual dance, but I still think it's important to recognize how real that is and how much um, power it has in teaching history. Um, overall, a lot of questions came up this week for um, just how we learned about ritual dances, how they have affected our daily lives. Um, and yeah, there's just so much that's undiscovered there. Uh, ritual dances, there are millions upon millions of them. Um, there are so many, I mean, one of the quotes from the reading was, Africa is consistently diverse. I think my um, education has led me to believe it is one group of people, and it really isn't. It's so diverse. There's so much to learn. And this week was really just like dipping the toe in your water. Um, and so I feel like there's so much more that I can learn. Um so one thing that kind of brought up was brought up for me was this idea of othering. Um, as a white woman growing up in the United States, I feel like I haven't experienced a lot of other cultures. I feel like I'm very um, blessed to have the experiences I do have, but I think there's a lot more to learn about. And I think ritual dance is a great place to start because they're so immersive and they're so dependent on the culture as a whole. Um, Similarly, this kind of brought up the idea of how I have learned history. Um, so I kind of made the connection between the ritual dances talked about in the second reading um, and historical reenactments that I have seen growing up. I mean, there's all sorts of different festivals where you see like historical reenactments with all the fake guns and the fake shooting and things. And 
that was just something that I feel like is a really interesting connection to have because I've experienced that and I want to know what what makes a ritual dance different than that. And I feel like I need to experience one to really nail that down. But I'm wondering what you guys think as well. Like, what do you think makes a ritual dance a ritual dance? Um, I mean, I've been trying to compile a list and I feel like there's not one way to do that. Um, it's similar to jazz dance in my brain that there's some things that can be there, but they don't always have to be there. Because um, a ritual dance is so broad. A lot of the ones we read about this week, they're about a specific event, a specific story, or about like reaching an ancestor or a god. But that's so broad, almost all dance does one of those things. Similarly, it has the physical aspects of being accessible, um, has that idea of repetition and that communal feeling, but that's so broad. And I want to know more of the specifics about ritual dance, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on what you think makes a ritual dance a ritual dance. Um, once again, I'll share these readings below in the, um, in the comments. Please let me know what you think. Um, and the question for this week is, what is your favorite season? Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one.